And in Luke chapter 10, if you want to open your Bibles there to, to verse 25, I want to share just a little bit tonight about, uh, about love. And Pastor Pam talked about it and shared about it a little bit. I don't want to talk about love as far as, you know, all the different types of love and all those kind of things. That's Pastor Bill's message that he shared every time we went somewhere when he first started preaching. So all of us children got to go to every church and hear the message. And so we got a lot out of that. But I wanted to share just a little bit because God had really put this in my heart that, that our, our, our life on this earth is supposed to be lived in love. That faith acts by or with love, through love. And if you don't have love, you don't have anything. And God loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son that He would die on the cross for us. That He would give His life so that we could have everlasting life. So that that gap could be closed between humanity and God. So that we could become righteous. So that we could have a relationship with Him that we didn't have before because Adam and Eve sinned. And it was out of love that He gave. And when we look here in Luke, it's a, a little part, and it talks about the Good Samaritan, and there's a, a few different things, and one of them was stirred my heart probably a little bit when we were in Tulsa listening to Jensen Franklin on that Tuesday night, and he shared a little bit about, uh, not necessarily love, but about us loving God. And if we could love God so much, and if we could love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our being, you know, if we could just love God with everything that we are, you know, how our life would maybe be lived differently on this earth and that some of the things that we do in our life today maybe there are opportunities for us to grow yet we shrink away and what the shrinking away says more often than not is that I love myself and the things that I have and the things that I want I want my plans and those things more than I love God and I care about what he wants but in this particular passage it says and behold a certain lawyer stood up and he tested Jesus and he said teacher what shall I do to inherit eternal life and Jesus said to the man, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Or what is your understanding? And the man answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbors as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. And he said, Love the Lord your God. And then he said, Love your neighbors as you love yourself. So tonight, really the message that, that I would share that I, that I really feel like God put in my heart was to love your neighbor as yourself, but to focus today on, do you love you? Do you really love you? Who God created you to be, who he helped you become, what he's doing in your life, not because of the past, all the junk, all the things, but do you really love you? You know, when you sit down and you begin to talk to people and you begin to find out what's going on in their life, a lot of the time, just that root problem, that root issue is they don't like themselves. They don't like what they've done. They don't like the things that have happened. They don't like what they're doing right now. They see themselves as a wreck. They see themselves as a hopeless case. They see themselves as not worthy of God's best. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of things. There's a whole laundry list of excuses that people have why they can't serve God or why they can't just love God or why they just can't let go of who they are. And I've used The Biggest Loser Show for a long time as like examples of different things. But the one thing that those people learn in that show, person after person after person, the thing that they testify toward the end is, I love myself. I finally love myself. I can look in the mirror and I can like and love who I see. And when you look in the mirror, do you like or do you love what you see? I was sharing with Pastor Bill today, there's a guy up there in this other place where I go. Eventually, I'm not, I probably shouldn't say the name. But there's a place where I go with my girls, uh, the golfers. And uh, there's a gentleman there who doesn't, again, it's a golf situation, somebody who doesn't like me. And I find that very hard because I'm a likable person. 
And, I, and I, I'm nice, and I, I go out of my way to be friendly, and I, I try to do things for other people, and I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I try to get the, 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 the worst of the deal. I mean, I'm always trying to heap praise on somebody else. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not out seeking and searching for all that stuff. I'm just trying to make life for everybody else that I come into contact with. I try to make life better for them. And yet there's this dude who just does not, does not like me. But as I've noticed over the last 15 years of going to this place... He doesn't really like anybody. It's not just me. It's pretty much everybody. Because I'm more and more amazed at how much he doesn't particularly like me. And the more I talk to people, they say, oh, well, he doesn't like me either. I thought, well, hey, we're all in the same, we're all in the same class. He doesn't like any of us. But really what I began to see was he really truly, I think, has an issue with himself. And he doesn't feel good about himself. He has an issue with himself. He doesn't like himself. I don't know what's going on in his life because he's never opened up that opportunity and he's never given me a chance. But I know that's a root problem in his life. And in your life, because of the things that you've been through, maybe the things that you've done, maybe where you find yourself right now, maybe because you've messed up you know, all your life and every time somebody's given you a break, you've used it, you've abused it, maybe every time God's forgiven you, you've gone right back out and done it again. And you say, I'm nothing, it's not going to happen, I'm not going to make it, I'm just nobody, God's just... That's not the truth. See, God loves you, He cares about you, He's separated all that stuff out of your life, but what you have to begin to see is, He created you to be something special. He put great gift and great talent in your life. Oh, I've squandered it, I've wasted it, I've gone the wrong path. Ah, let God be God. He can take all that out, He can strip all that away, and He wants you to begin to stand there, look in the mirror... And love who you see. I mean, Pastor Bill's preached it for years. If you can't stand up and look in that mirror and say, I love you, you're a good guy or a good girl or whatever that is, then how are you supposed to go out and love the people who are around you? Because it says in this verse that you're supposed to love your neighbor as what? Yourself. So when this guy doesn't particularly like me and he treats me like dirt, that kind of tells me a little bit about how he feels about himself. See, now think about that in your life. How do you care about yourself? Because our whole ultimate goal really is to reach out and to touch people for Jesus as we go through our life. And if that's our goal and that's the direction that we're going, we have to be able to love ourselves so that we can love others. And I don't care where you find yourself today, God created you to be really special. I see you and I smile every time. You make me, yes, Janae, you, you make me laugh. <laughs> see, when I see you, you make me laugh and you make me smile. See, that's something that's on the inside of you. Do you look in the mirror and do you love yourself? Do you look in the mirror in the morning and say, I can do it? Do you look in the mirror and say, this is going to be the best day that I've ever had. God, I love you. I love me. I love the people who are around me. I'm going to do all that you ask me to do. And then you smile and you go out and do it. See, if you can do that, then you begin to affect all those people, all those things. You affect your situations. You affect their situations. You're, in, you're just absolutely infectious everywhere that you go. Otherwise... You're the kind of person that people like to see just go. You know, you don't want to be those people. You want to be the people who, who they like to see coming. I want people to say, oh, here comes Pastor John. Yay. Good to see you. That's why I say I like that. I don't like them to go like, ooh, hey, I got to go. Time to go. Hey, nice seeing you. I'm out of here. And then when you walk down the hall, they all go into their offices or they all leave. And then, you know, you're standing there and there's nobody there. That, that says something. It usually says something about me. And that I'm not necessarily probably in the right place. But when you look in the mirror, what do you see? When you look in there, you know, when you focus in on your eyes, the windows of who you are, 
You know what's going on. It says in the Word of God that only you know what really is going on up here. The Spirit of God knows. But as far as we're all concerned, I don't know what's going on up in your noggin, but you know what's going up on your noggin. You know what you're thinking. You say, oh, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, I love myself. No. I do. I love myself. I mean, that, but you can't fool yourself. You might, you might get by fooling a few people if they don't know you very well. But if you let people in, you can't fool them because they kind of know you. And you definitely can't fool yourself. So today you're going to be able to ask yourself that question. When we finish, when we get done and we're all finished and we stand up and we begin to pray, God, i got to get rid of some stuff. i I gotta, I got to love me because you created me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have great gifts and talents that you've placed on the inside. Maybe I've squandered a few. Maybe I've made a few mistakes. Whatever. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take this time today to just junk off, get all of it off and just say, God, I, I love you. And I, I want to love me for who I am. Not, not, not for who you're going to be 20 years from now. Not for who you're going to be next. But, but who you are today. Can you say, I love me? That's important. You have to realize God's done a lot of work for you. He's done a lot of great things for you. He has invested himself. And it says that the worth, the worth of things really is just determined by how much somebody would pay for it. I mean, I can say that my house is worth $500,000. But it's only worth that if somebody's willing to pay it. Anybody willing to pay that? Because I will sell it to you today. But, I mean, that's the, that's the deal. Now, here's the thing. Think about it this way. I better not sell it because she just painted it all summer. I can't sell it yet. So we're going to have to live in it a little while. I can sell it. Fully furnished. Oh, for a 500000 you'll just walk away. They can have the cars and everything. Right. We'll just walk out with nothing on our back. You can just take everything we got in there. My boxes. Can I take my boxes? Because I've been dragging those around my whole life. They're my stuff. I've been dragging my stuff around. I got two boxes in the basement that I've been dragging around since I was eight. And they got all my stuff in them. And my mom moved us all over the place. And I've moved over 40 times, for real. No lie in my life. Some of you are probably here today and think, yeah, yeah, we're kind of like, you know, nomads. And we wander around. No, no, we were nomads. We wandered around. I've moved over 40 times. And I got two little boxes. Now, they all broke. The cardboard finally broke. And Elizabeth made me put some stuff in plastic tubs. But they are my boxes. And they're my stuff. And I, I cherish all my stuff. But anyway, you could have it all, I guess. I mean, I could buy more stuff. But anyway... God has done great things, and you can tell the worth, and you can tell the value of something by the price that's paid for it. And it says that you are bought at a price, and the price was Jesus Christ dying on the cross, and that's a great price. So there was already a great price that's been paid for you. So that means, in turn, that you're valuable. That means I'm valuable, the person next to you on your left and your right's valuable, the people who live in your household are valuable. We're all valuable. The people out there in the world, they're valuable. Jesus died for them. They may not receive that. They may not say, okay, I believe that. I'm going to receive him as my Lord and Savior. But he died for them anyway. He died for them even though they might reject him. That they might have the chance to change their mind and come that direction. See, how many of us rejected at one time, but somewhere along the way we came to our senses and we received him into our life? That's a great price that was paid for us. When you, when, when you begin to look at yourself in that mirror and you begin to like what you see, I, there's still a past. I mean, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I like me. I'm a nice guy. I try to be a nice guy. I try to do what God asks me to do. I try to help people. I try to do all those kind of things. But, man, I got a whole, I got a whole closet full of crazy stuff that you probably don't even know about. 
You know, I mean, I've got a whole mess. I've got, a, I've got a past. I've got all the stuff that you've got. I've got all the same thoughts. The enemy tell me I'm not going to make it. I've got the same thoughts that say I should never be where I am today because of all my past. I've got all those thoughts that say you're going to fail again tomorrow because you failed again last week. I mean, I have those same things that come against me. But by faith, see, by faith, we have to begin to look into that mirror. That's why Pastor Pam says, and Pastor Bill, when I'm telling you, just write those scriptures down. Put them on your mirrors. Put them everywhere that you look. You begin to see the Word of God because the Word of God begins to enlighten you to the truth. Then you begin to all of a sudden grow. The inside of you begins to bubble up and all of a sudden faith begins to come because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So now you're looking in the mirror. You're reading the word. You're looking in the mirror. You're quoting the word. You're looking at your speedometer. You're reading the word. You're looking in your rearview mirror. It's at work. It's on your computer. It's on your desk. It's everywhere that you go. See, it's always the word, the word, the word. It's surrounding you. And now by faith, you're beginning to what? Believe that it's true. Now, how did it happen? I, I don't know. But all of a sudden, I like myself. All, all of a sudden, I know I can do it. All of a sudden, I, I know I'm going to make it because, well, wh why? Well, I don't know, but it's because the, I, the word, the word, the word, the word said so. I've been watching this DVD. I've been watching it for a week. I watched the same one over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, I started believing it. See, and all of a sudden, your life changes. See, Jerry Seville, he, he, he ran into Kenneth Copeland when Kenneth Copeland was going around and teaching and, and preaching and sharing faith. And he got it from Kenneth Hagin, and he was going around from town to town and sharing it. And Jerry Seville just was like fixing his car. He was a mechanic. He worked on cars. The car got smashed up or something, and so he was going to work on it and fix it. And he kind of started going to a couple of the meetings, and, and he heard some of the stuff. And then all of a sudden, it started something on the inside of him started telling him, hey, 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 this is true. This is true. Something about this is right. It's the Spirit of God. And then he began to like get all the stuff. He said, God, I don't, I don't, I don't have any of the stuff. I've got to get the stuff. I've got to get the stuff. I don't have any money. I've got to know what this guy's talking about. I've got to know this. And some lady knocked on his door. Ding, 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 ding. Here's all of his tapes. Gave him all the messages and all the things that he'd done from that whole thing when he was in his town. Just dropped them on his door. And he said, oh, awesome. But he didn't say, I don't have a tape player. He just said, oh, awesome. And then she came back the next day and goes, you know what? I didn't even think about it, but you might not have a tape player. Here. And she gave him a tape player. And then he said, he basically made it his job to know what this guy said about God. And as he began to go day by day, hour after hour after hour after hour, just bringing in the Word, bringing in the Word, underlining the Scriptures, reading the Word, and, you know, highlighting the Scriptures. And he's reading the Scriptures. Now he's quoting the Scriptures. And, he's, and all of a sudden, it all starts to grow and starts to bubble on the inside of him. And now all of a sudden, he's not just some broken down mechanic who can't do anything. Now all of a sudden, he's a child of God who God created with a purpose and a call and a plan for his life. And all the past that he had is all gone now. And now he understands that he is a new creature in Christ, that all things are made new in his life. And so now he can do all those things. That God's no respecter of persons and the things that he did for Kenneth Copeland, he did the same thing for Jerry Seville. And I'm Jerry Seville. And God loves me and his son died on the cross for me. So now all of a sudden, boom, I love me. Now I love who God is in me and all those kind of things. It's not an egotistical thing. But see, it's a regurgitating of the Word of God. It's a continually stirring. It's a continually bringing because that brings faith into your life. It's not just passing over stuff. It's not just looking past circumstances. It's not just denying the things that happened in your life. It's about this being more real to you than those things that happened in your life. This being more real to you than the stuff that you can't seem to get past anymore. This being more real to you than the stuff that's, that's held you back for so long. 
This being more real to you than the people in your life who told you maybe you couldn't do it. See, what is it about church that makes everybody happy? When you come in these doors, everybody's telling you they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. When's the first time you've come in these doors and somebody said, Whoa, you awful sinner. You, you ain't got no chance. You better get out of here because lightning's going to strike and burn the building down. I mean, who says that? <laughs> Nobody in the church. We all say what? Good to see you. Bless God. He's got a great plan for you. Good word today. Yes, it's good to see you. Manny comes in the doors. Nobody says, Manny, where you been 10 years ago? What you been doing, Manny? We haven't seen you for a while. Nobody says that. Everybody gives him a hug and says, good to see you, Manny. I kind of almost remember the handshake we used to do, but I don't. But it, it's good to see Manny. Why? Because Manny's a child of God. And God's got a great plan. And he may have stepped out for just a moment. And he might have missed something here along the way. But he's back and all of a sudden he's in line now. And God's going to continue doing what he started in his life. See, what God started in your life, what did Caleb say? He'll finish. Philippians 1.6. As he started those things in your life, he's faithful to complete them, to finish them. He'll be the one who is the author and the finisher of your faith, like Caleb said. It says, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Don't take a pit stop and then think it's just over. The race isn't over unless you don't get back out on the track. You can stay in the pits, but have you ever been to an NASCAR race? At the end of the race... Those points are so important to those guys who race that at the end of the race, there's dudes out there with their tops duct taped down. They're smoking, but they just have to finish the race. Last place is still points. Sitting in the garage, no points. So they basically go back in there and they let these guys beat on them with sledgehammers. They smash these cars around. They try to get them so that the fenders won't, won't cut the tires. They do everything that they can. And then the, those guys push it out there. And this guy, man, pops the clutch and tries to start it. And he's... <laughs> but he's going to finish. I mean, he's not going to let something stop him because the points is points. Finishing the race is finishing the race. Whatever you're driving at the moment is going to get you the points. So get on the road and get going. Don't stay in the pits. Amen. That's a good word. Yes, I thought so. I mean, God put you in the race. He qualified you, right? It says so. I mean, these are all scriptures that I've shared with you, pastors share with you. I mean, it's Colossians 1.12. He's qualified us to be what? Not just in the race, not just, not just you know, being, getting to come to church and not get struck down. He's, he's he called us and he's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. That means the guy who finished the race, and he's drinking the milk, you know, and all the things are spraying around, and you're the guy that's going, and you're just getting through at the end. That means you're part of this thing because you've been qualified. You're part of the race. But you can't get to that. You can't share in it with that guy. See, Jesus won the race, right? He's got the whole thing. You can't share in all the inheritance that he's given us unless you get out of the pits and get onto the road. And you being like this all the time, it's just terrible. You know what I'm doing? I'm just walking right past you. You're right. It's terrible. No, I mean, you can't do that. You got to say, come on, it's good. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. At first I say, yeah, you're right. It's going to be terrible. Then I go, oh, no, it's not. Darn it. Come here. That's not the truth. Come here. I love you. God loves you. It's got a good word for you. Sit down. I mean, why not take 25, 26, 27, 28, whatever it takes to get you going, get going. Oh, it's hard. I've just done this before. I'm just glad that Manny came to church. 
I'm not beating on Manny Day, but I mean, it, it's, it, that's, that to me, that takes something. To, to say, you know what, after all I've been through, after all I was, and then I wasn't, and then I kind of was, and then I kind of wasn't, and then I've been here, and I've been there, and then some things have happened. To be able to come back in the doors and say, feels like home. And everybody does what? Wraps their arm around them, just like the kid who came home, you know, the prodigal son, and said, it is good to be home. We're glad you're here. Come on in. God's got good things for you. See, that's, that's the difference between what we got going on and what other people got going on. There's all kinds of things that are going on in the world that say, well, if you can do this, 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 then you can be a part of what we're doing. Jesus says, man, I'll eradicate all of that stuff poof, out of your life in an instant by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, boom, now all of a sudden you are there. Now, you're going to have to walk and you're going to have to, you know, but I mean, he, he can, you don't have to go through step six, step seven, step thump, thump, thump. Twelve-step programs are fantastic, but the Holy Spirit one-step program is fantastic, too. And so, boom, and you just go, woo, and then all of a sudden, you don't do that anymore. It works that way. It really does. And you say, well, I've been bound up a long time. Hey, I'm telling you what, you haven't, you haven't done this. Because it will change you. Now, once you get boomed, you better get going. Because if you get boomed and you don't, the enemy's going to come back, and it's going to be nasty. But if you can let him do that in your life, if you'll allow God, the power of God, to infiltrate your life like that, the Holy Spirit to just do something in you, and then all of a sudden you begin to grow in that, then all of a sudden when you look in the mirror, you're like, hey, 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 I'm not that person anymore. Woo! And somebody says, what happened to you? Say, I do not know. I don't know, but I like it. It's kind of good. There's this church over there. And I don't know what they're doing, but I'm going back next week because something happened. See, he's qualified you. He's taken you and he's picked you and he's chosen you and he's brought you in. And now you have to be the person that says, I'm going to run the race. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't just say, well, you know what? Thanks a lot. I'm going to sit in the pits. Because the guy in the pits, he's not getting anything out of it. He's not winning no points. He's not sharing the victory. He's just sitting in the pits. You need to get yourself back out there. Oh, I've been in a wreck. So what? Duct tape yourself up and get to church. You know, I mean, <laughs> all dress is acceptable here. Duct tape or not, just do put on what you got and, you know, head on in. <laughs> Don't show up in a duct tape suit. That just... <laughs> I mean, look, Moses and Abraham, were, were, what, Moses couldn't talk to people. Okay? And Abraham, he was old and didn't have any kids. And God called one of them to lead all of his people and go back to Pharaoh and do all those things and bring everybody out of Egypt. And he called the other one to be the father of many nations and neither one of them had what it took to do it. But... They had to get in line. And when God spoke it into their life, what did Abraham say? Okay. Sarah, pack up. We're leaving. Where are we going? I don't know. But you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I, I don't know what it went over, you know, how it went over in the house. But he said, okay. And then it says, if you go back to Romans in chapter 4, he did not waver on that promise. He held God to the promise. He said, okay, every day he got up and looked in his shiny rock. And he said, I'm Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. All of this is going to come from me. I mean, he had to believe it. It said he did not waver. It means he didn't doubt. He didn't have one of those days. He stayed true and firm on what God said. What did God say to you? What did God promise you that you haven't seen? What did he speak into your heart that you would be? 
See, what has he done to you? What has he breathed into you? What life has he put there? What thing has the enemy been trying for years to pull out of your life? What thing has the enemy been lying to you forever to keep you bound and keep you held up captive in a, in a, in a cell that's got the door wide open? See, what is it in your life that the enemy's been after? It's that seed. It's that thing that God planted in your heart, that thing that he blew into your life, that thing that he spoke into your heart. You're going to be all God called you to be, period. See, there's not a way out. There's not a your way. There's a his way, and it's the only way. And if you're going to be that blossom, if you're going to be that, I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, it's only him and only his way. It's the only way. And you can try all day long, and we're all there to help you and hug you and love you. But God's way is the way that's going to let you help and hug other people along the way. Nobody will have to hold you up because you'll be holding everybody else up. That's what's in your heart. It always has been to help other people. You always want to go out and you want to find the person that's on the road. You want to find the person that's hurting at the store. You want to bring somebody that you just met to your birthday party. You want to do all of those things all the time because your heart is Jesus' heart. And it's on the inside of you. And you're going to find those things that you're looking for. But you only find them in Him. And you only find them in His way. And you can look in the mirror and you can love who you see. God is good, isn't He? Amen. I'm glad you're here. I looked around. Y'all will be nervous because i got a couple other things to say to some people. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help it. Anyway. God knows who you are. But you've got to be the one who gets in the race and you've got to be the one that changes your perspective. See, you can focus on your situations. You can focus on... Have you ever had anybody that does that? You're trying to tell them all the good things that the Word says and they want to tell you all the reasons why that's not going to work? You're going to tell them all the good things that God did for them and they want to tell you all the bad things that they did? They want to tell you about all the friends that went that way, didn't make it? You want to tell you about all my neighbors, they all did that and then oh yeah, then they... You just want to run away. Don't give up. Just begin to pray in the Spirit or something. I mean, just shock them. You know, just put your hands on them and pray in the Spirit. But it's, it's that thing that says, I, I don't want to hear that. I want to rehearse all of this. What's that? That's all flesh. They want to make you feel about, as bad about them as they feel about them. But what are we supposed to do? We're called to lift them up. And so we're speaking the Word. We're sending seeds. We're doing all of those kind of things. We're trying to change their perspective. Matthew 19, 26 says, Nothing is impossible. And in the Message Bible, I think it's up there. Is that the message? It says, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. There's no chance. There is no chance that you can do this. The things that I'm talking about, the, 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 the being able to look into the mirror and say, I am all God created me to be and I can do everything. That, that doesn't happen on your own. That's the Spirit of God welling up on the inside of you. It says, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off on yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. See, it's about faith. What did Pastor Pam preach for the last bunch of weeks? Faith, 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 faith. See, Caleb says, get out of your tent and look where? Look up. Why up? Because that's where the answer is. It's just been, a, it's just been just lately, it's been a, just an absolute revelation to me to sit down with people and say, you know what? I don't know the answer. And you don't know the answer. Or you wouldn't be asking me. But God does, so let's ask Him. I mean, it's simple. If you knew the answer that was going to change your life, would you not do it? I mean, we're all trying all kinds of things. People in this world will try anything. 
Stay up late, watch late night TV, man. They're going to sell you everything for anything that ails you or you need or whatever. People will try anything. They'll do it. But what's the one thing that really truly works? The Word of God. See, I don't have the answers, but who does? See? I got the Word. I've got Him. I've got the Holy Spirit. He speaks to me. I've got all of those things. So I have the ability. It's, it's, it's growing. It's maturing. It's faith. And you got to want it. I mean, you gotta, you got to want it. Because the enemy wants you. It says that he's here to steal, kill, and to destroy. John 10.10. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. And then that's just laid before you. And the enemy's out there, man, and he's just sitting there. And every now and then he's pulling on you, or maybe in a minute he's tugging on you, maybe in a minute he just sits back and lets you kind of go for a minute, and then he comes back after you. And you think you get two steps ahead, and then he brings you six steps back. Now, he's not the one doing it. You're falling for his stuff. But he's coming for your six steps. See, and everywhere that you go, as you begin to just all of a sudden you start getting free, then how many of you go, oh, oh man, I'm going back. And you end up back in the same mess. Even worse. What happened? You never really did get past this, this step. You have to be so tenacious and so ticked off and so upset at the enemy and so for what God has for you in your life that you don't care. Bust the thing down, break the chains and say, I am out of here. I don't want to do that so much that I'm going to follow after God with all my heart. And I'm not going to give myself an opportunity to go back. I'm going to run to him. I'm going to be back there at that table. I'm going to snarf up every DVD I can find that's VBI. I'm going to go. I'm going to have VBI 47. There's only 33 classes, but you're going to take VBI 47. You're going to take everything that you can find. You're going to get it, and you're going to just continue to devour it because that's the thing that's changing your life. You're metamorphosizing. You're, you're transforming before. It doesn't just come just because. It doesn't just come because you even come to church. Lots of people have been sitting in here and been the same person for a long time. I haven't changed a bit. That's not what it takes. It takes revelation in your life. It takes action on your part. It takes faith growing because the word is coming, because the word's not just come, but because you've taken that word and you've lived it in your life. You step out past where you are in your own strength into who he is. See, and it's this tenacious and strong in this fight. It says we fight a fight of faith. God's good doesn't mean it's just all of a sudden just like, wee! Man, you've got to fight. See, warfare, that's not like, wee, it's not Disneyland. It's bullets whizzing and people getting shot and things going down. And I don't know if you're like me, but I was always a little jumpy. And I, I, never, I, never, I, never, got, I never lost a fight, but I just, I just started hitting things, man. I mean, I, you know the story if you've never been around me, man. I just I started hitting people. I didn't, if things started just looking like they were going to get a little jumpy, I just started hitting people and backing up. I'm just going to get out of the way because I'm, I'm small, but, but I don't want to get hurt. So I, am, I tend to be a little more aggressive in those situations. But spiritually in life, you have to be that way. You, you, can't, you have to be aggressive with the things that God has for you. You can't be sitting over here just going, Oh, I hope it happens. Oh, I hope God comes through. I mean, it, you, if He gives you a song to sing, then sing it. But, I mean, I, you know, I mean, this is what a lot of people are doing. Oh, someday. Someday. Well, you're the same person you've been for 24 years. I know. God's going to do it someday. Go after what God has for you. Did you do what God told you to do? See, go back to the beginning when I said, what has God spoke to you? What he's put in your heart? What he's asked you to do? Did you stop somewhere along the way? Did you get to a point in your life and you said, you know what? I don't love him that much. 
You know what? I don't even care that much. I'm going to do all this. Mm -hmm. Sunday and Wednesday, it's good. Then you're going to go home and you're going to be miserable because you know in your heart, see, you know in your heart that you're not going to go after what God has for you. You'll only go to a certain level. And that begins to, it begins to be disappointing. Because you can come to church for a while when you think that you're going to go all the way over here. But when you have drawn that line in the sand yourself and you have to come to church and everybody's excited and they're kind of heading over that line and you know in your heart that you drew that line and you won't go there. See, that's when you begin to say, oh, I'm not going this week. Because it's easier to sit at home than to go to church and be disappointed because you get in the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, not condemnation, but conviction begins to come in your life. And now what happens? You begin to feel bad about yourself. You begin to not like yourself. You begin to can't look in the mirror. You begin to do all those kind of things. See, but that's not God. That's the enemy. Conviction says, I love you. Come on. You can make the choice. I'm right here for you. It's okay. Condemnation says, no, you're not going to be anything. You better go home. What are people going to say about you? What are they going to think? You know you're wrong. You've been doing the wrong thing. You need to change, but you won't. You're a chicken. You're a loser. See, that's the enemy. And today we're here just to... Man, blast that out of your life in Jesus' name. Bind those words, those things that you hear at night when you can't sleep because the enemy's telling you how bad it is and how you won't make it. That is not the truth. Oh, I've been here a million times, and what are people going to think? They're going to say, glory to God one more time. I mean, come on. I'm glad that I got one more time. I'm glad I get one more time tomorrow. I mean, we're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect, but God is. Hopefully, in our lives, we're allowing Him to perfect us. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. But I know He does have the answers. And He will help me keep it all together. And I've gotten to the point where I can't trust me enough, but I have to trust Him totally. And see, what happens in your life is the enemy begins to plant these little traps. The first stumbling block to loving you is fear. You begin to get scared. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen in my life? What's going to go on? If I turn all this stuff over, then who's going to take care of me? If I, if I, if I change this thing in my life, then, then what's going to happen? You can't let fear hold you back. Everything that God has for you is past you. If you let fear hold you back, you'll never go there. See, it says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Everything that God has for you is beyond you. If you could go there, you wouldn't need him. And how many of you know, just really, truly, just for just a second, just like with yourself, real quiet, just say, how, how many of you know that God has better things for you than where you are today? You'd raise your hand and say, I know that's true. So then the next question is, what is he calling you to do to head that direction? And is fear something that's holding you back? I don't want to take a VBI class. What if I don't do well on the test? It's 25 questions. They're true and false. Just get true on all of them. There's only a couple false. You'll still pass. I mean, <laughs> if you want to get honest. I mean, even if you put all true, you'd still get like 85%. So you'd be all right. I mean, hey, we could all be VBI. Just pass out all 24 tests next week. We'll just all take them and we'll all get diplomas. And we'll all just move on. It's not about the test you take at the end. It's about what you learn on the journey. See? So you got to let fear hold you back. You wouldn't believe how many people have said, I don't want to take VBI because I'm scared to take the test. 
And I said, well, then you got to take Sue's class because they're all true. She can't stand to be negative. So she doesn't want to put a false one on there because that would be negative. And she wants to be positive all the time. It's true. Don't let fear hold you back from what God has told you to do. Don't let fear hold you back. The second stumbling block is past. I don't know all of your pasts. I'm finding out more and more the more I work here, and I don't like any of it. <laughs> I told Pastor Pam the other day, like, they're all jacked up. I mean, I just can't. What am I supposed to do? I mean, this place, it's like a bunch of... I mean, <laughs> what have you been doing for the last 10 years, man? Have you not fixed some things? Come on. They should all be okay by now. No, we all got past. We all struggle with stuff. We all got things going on in our life, and we need each other to get past those things. I mean, the Holy Spirit is helping us. He's bringing people along your side to help you, to bring you that way. But we've all got a past. They're like, you know, well, never mind. Well, they're like noses. Everybody's got one. Let's just keep it clean and positive. It's not, it's not the young people. I can't just say what I want. I got to make sure it's all nice. But, you know, everybody's got pasts. Everybody's got things, and, you know, I mean, everybody's got all that kind of stuff. But it says that God, that if you allow Jesus to come into your life, God takes those things and he eradicates them. He, un, he unhooks them from you and he takes them as far as the east is from the west. That says you're a new creature in Christ. You're not, a, you're not the same person. You're different. You are changed. That man is dead, gone, and buried. And you have risen like Jesus. See, it says you sit with him in heavenly places. So there's no more of that stuff. Yeah, but I did it yesterday. Okay, then ask forgiveness. It says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. When he forgives you of your sins, he takes all that stuff and he throws it over there with the other one. Where does it go? I don't care. I don't, if you want to talk about all that stuff, go somewhere else. I don't know. It says he takes it and separates it from us. It goes to 4th Street somewhere. I don't know where it goes. It's just gone. Well, that's presumptuous. That's the word of God. And I know he loves me enough to die on the cross for me, so I know he's going to take care of that junk of my life. If I just say, God, I need your help, he'll, he'll help me. And he takes that past and he just separates you from it. And you know what he does? The cool thing is, if you'll allow him, he'll take that past and he'll bring it back into your life in such a way that you can use that to set somebody else free. I mean, how many times have you run into somebody at the store or somebody at the altar and they turn around and they have gone through the exact same thing that you just got set free of, that God has changed your life over the last 10 years. And now all of a sudden you get to be a testimony of God's power, of God's goodness, of His grace, of His mercy, of His Holy Spirit power changing somebody. In the, and all of a sudden now they're like, oh my gosh, if He can do it for you, then He can do it for me too. Yes, He can. And you begin to... See? And all of a sudden... Your past doesn't matter anymore. You're actually glad you had one. Now, don't go out and get one. I mean, don't, don't take off and say, Woo! I'll be back in a couple years, man. I'm going to give me a testimony. And, you know, you, you go out the doors. That's, you don't want to do that. That was never my intention. Sin's only fun for a season. And then it begins to kill you. And if it doesn't kill you naturally, it will definitely kill you on the inside. And it will tear you up. Allow God to take your past, separate it, and allow Him, like in Romans 8, 28, right, to turn it around for good in your life because you love Him and you're called according to His purpose. The next one, the third thing, real quick, 
is uh, it's a stumbling block to loving yourself is pride. Seems kind of like a strange thing because loving yourself would seem like prideful. But you love yourself for who God created you to be, who he's bringing you into, not because you're the coolest thing since sliced bread. There's a difference. But see, at some point in your life, as you do all this stuff, and maybe it is because of fear or past, many times it's just because you say, you know what? I'm going to keep trying my way. I'm going to keep trying my thing. I know I'm right. I don't care what Pastor Pam says. I don't care what Bill says. I know I am right, and I'm going to do what I think is right. And they have never been in my situation, so they don't know what's going on. And I'm telling you what, and you can keep doing that all you want, but you know what it's doing? It's getting you farther and farther away. Because it says pride comes, and I think that one's on there for the message as well. But it says pride comes before the fall. First pride, it says, and this is Proverbs 16, 18 in the message. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. I don't know how many people I've had to sit there and listen to them say, yeah, but I'm going to do this because I know it's the right thing. It's what God told you to do. I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. And I think, Lord, let them, when they jump out this window, let there be a net to somehow catch them because you will fall. Now, I deal with young people all the time, so that's, you know, a lot of the time it's just, you know, young people being young and being rebellious, but they still have the same consequences as the rest of us. They want to tell me how it's not going to be that way and how you don't know and ha, 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 I'm so cool. And then I see him in the police blotter. Yeah! Get to go see you in jail. <laughs> so I get to sit down there on my phone looking in the thing. How you doing? I seen you down there. It's almost like live right here. It's like what happened a few months ago. No, but I'm looking into this thing, and I don't even see you do. You start looking around thinking, oh, I've, I've seen some of you guys there. I'll come over here, because I've never seen you in jail. <laughs> I've seen you in jail, but on the good side. I've seen some others on the wrong side. So, you know, I'm looking at you. It's hard to do when you're staring right at them, and they've been there. But I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking, you know what? God loves you. And then, you know what he's saying to me? I know I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know you told me. I know you said, oh, hey, you know what? That don't matter. Jesus loves you. I love you. Pastor Bill sent me down here to talk to you and see how you're doing because he wants to know what the heck's going on in your head. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. He does now. He does now. He didn't then. Back in the day when he sent me, he didn't say that. He said, I really love them and I can't get down there. Could you please go make sure they're okay? Now, when I come back from the jail, he goes, who? What are they thinking? I said, it's all right, sir. It's okay. You go back to the sedan. It's all right there. We're okay. Go play putt-putt. We'll take care of the rest. See, you may be that person, but what you can't do, you know, you may be that person who somebody, who somebody's just speaking into because you've just done something crazy and you weren't going to do it. Or you may be that other person on the other side of that thing that says, you know what? I told, no, you're not. No, I told you. No, no, no. I love you. And it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what the devil's trying to cause, man, and he's trying to mess you up. It's time to repent. It's time to ask forgiveness. It's time to change. I can't change. I'm yes, you can change. Moment by moment and day by day, the Holy Spirit begin to change your life as you begin to do all those things. Now spend this time getting better, getting more on. See, you're going in the right direction. And now all of a sudden you were maybe behind the screen. Now you're in front of the screen. Now all of a sudden there's no pride in your life. So you can't go out there in pride and say, you know your way is better than everybody else because the devil will snatch you up in a heartbeat. That's what he's waiting on. Pride comes before the fall. 
So if you're dealing with those people, if you are one of those people, you better look around and hope there's a net. Because the enemy would love to snuff you out if he could. And he's not out there just playing tiddlywinks. You just don't have to go down the chute and the ladder and start again. Sometimes he takes you out. You open the door to the enemy, man, you are opening the door to all kinds of stuff that you don't want nothing going on in your life. The last thing, really, though, is an unwillingness to change, which goes along with pride. You say, that's, that's the way it's going to be. Seen it. Seen kids go down that path. Seen adults go down that path. See them out there in town. Things are just getting worse and worse. And they're still going, oh, I told you I'm right. And I'm thinking, no, 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 it isn't about right and wrong. It's not about who's right, who's not. It's about you got to do what God told you to do in your heart. And your heart goes out because you begin to see their life just like just shatter. Marriages fall apart. Jobs get lost. Kids run off. I mean, it, it just, all of us, then health goes. I mean, it's a progression. You watch it happen. I mean, you probably know people and seen people who have gone through those things in their life. When they begin to turn their face off of what God has for them to say, you know what, this is what I want more than what God has for me. I'm not talking about just some person. I'm not just talking about somebody who doesn't know the truth. See, I'm talking about somebody who knows the truth and in the face of the truth still says, you know what, I don't even care. See, that goes with the pride. That goes with all those things, the unwillingness to change. And I'm telling you what, the devil is just waiting around the corner to begin to beat you down. And it would almost probably in your life, if you were that person, it would almost be better if he'd just take you out. But he doesn't do that. He begins to toy with you. And he begins to take away all your stuff. And then he begins to foul up relationships. And then he begins to mess up your mind. And then you begin to mess up your job. And then he begins to take all your kids. And then he begins to just slowly begin to take your health. And then all of a sudden, it's just like there's nothing left. But there's still hope. There's still hope. There's still hope. There's still Jesus. There's still an answer. There's still a way. See, Jesus can come right in the scene, the Holy Spirit, and pow, man, all of a sudden, he breathes that life right back into you. And then he'll begin, if you'll follow him at that point in life, he'll begin to put those things back together. See, I had somebody, and I said this earlier in the year, I had somebody come to me, and they wanted to get married, and I said, man, you're awfully young. And they said, I know, I know, I know we're young. And I said, uh, why do you want to marry her? And he said, because I know. I was at school, and I looked across the thing, and God showed me that she was the one I was supposed to marry. And I, and, and I know that. And I said, well, that's great, but that doesn't mean now's the time. I mean, just because you know it is doesn't mean now's the day. You know, I mean, there's a lot of time here. You know, and uh, I said, let me just tell you a little bit about my life. You know, and I began to pour out our younger days. And uh, we've got some stuff that we keep from the younger days. I still have my first anniversary present, my broom, and it's in the garage. And I got a broom and she got a mop. And that was our anniversary present. And I still have it. I use it all the time because it reminds me of where we came from and how God is faithful. And the bristles are only about that long now. And it's bent in a couple of different places. But the kids are always trying to throw it away and I'm snatching it out of the trash. That means something to me. I mean, like me and my stuff, you know, I'm still carrying around my stuff. But I began to tell him about all this, about all, about, I mean, that's, that's a long lot of years. I got married young. We got married when we were 21. Seems like we were 14. But it, it was, it was, uh, it's been a long 21 years, you know, in all of that. Amen. That's okay. That's as long as it's good. I mean, I thought she was amen and like she wanted out. But, uh, <laughs> I already told you, you're not getting out. I'll make you miserable. I'd rather make you miserable than let you out. But, 
but I began to tell him all those kind of things, and, and he, he looked at me, you know, and after I, I laid it all out, man, I mean, I pretty much told him everything, and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was, it, she almost left, I mean, it was, it was really bad, and uh, he said, yeah, but you turned out okay, and I said, well, thanks, but you see me 21 years later, and I'm all for you, but you, you can't jump into something that may not be right just because 21 years later, we look all right. I mean, you know, I mean, you can't go the way that Pastor Pam went in her life, you know, through a couple divorces and through a mess. Because, uh, you know what, 20 years later, Prince Charming came on the scene and rescued her. I mean, you can't say it'll be okay because somebody, someday Pastor Bill will come save me. <laughs> so I'm just going to go off and just be heinous because eventually someday it's going to be all right. You can't do that. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. Yes, it worked out. Praise God it worked out. God has a plan for their lives. But it didn't happen that way. They got their lives straight. And then God said, thank goodness, let me put you together. You can't go just gallivanting off and think you're going to have your years to build your testimony and do your things. And then, you know, later on it'll be okay. You may not get later on. You may not. This is not the time to be out messing around with the enemy. Get yourself straight, look in the mirror, be able to love yourself because you're following after God. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.